Hello and welcome to a special in-depth Sharks preview edition of the Fins Up podcast. I'm your one of your hosts, Sado Dan, and tonight I'm joined for the second time this week by the amazing Terry. Mate, you look so different to the other night. I'm going to say so do you. You don't look as good as the last time I saw you. Set myself up for that completely. You know, a couple of the, a bit of the feedback I was receiving from like Vossi and Co., was they were like, why didn't you do more with your beard to look like Terry? So pretty much I did that for absolutely nothing. So I hope you're happy. <laughs> Basically what they were trying to say to you was what I was saying is you, you needed to get rid of it and just leave a patch. Yeah, I did. That's all good. Next time, mate. Next year, Mad Monday, I'm going as you again. It's official. I was told that I'm, I looked better than Molly. You look more like Molly than Molly. Absolutely. Yeah, I actually got some feedback from a friend of mine who I haven't seen for ages. And uh, can, can I read it out to you? Yeah, please. It's uh, it's quite good feedback, depending on what side you are. He's like, bro, that YouTube thing is fucking great. Honestly, you have a great personality and you're fucking hilarious. You found your calling. And I wrote back, cheers, pal. Uh, you won't like it too much. We smashed the Tigers. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I've watched all of them. You're a dickhead. Uh, you keep the show going, but your mate's a little weird. A little weird? Yeah. Well, you're going to have to shit in that guy's mouth now, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, but all in all, good feedback. He yeah, likes the show. Yeah, yeah nine, nine times out of ten, the um, shut up is what I'm trying to say. Ah, <laughs> nah, man, far out. We, um, I'm enjoying it, mate, I've got to say. Yeah, I really enjoy it as well. I get to see you, like, twice a week, so it just it's the highlight of my life. That's the only reason I do it, let's be honest. Yeah, but, mate, we we're, here, we're here to talk the Sharks tonight. Yeah, look, it's been a very un-Shark-like preseason for us in the fact that everything's gone right and we've got a lot of stuff to cover as to what has gone right. So um, I'm going to kick it off from the start, if you don't mind, Dan. But generally when the Sharks go into a preseason, season um, we no sponsors, inevitably round one we will run out with a CSFC or something else on the front. Now, we did release a whole heap of merchandise at Christmas time that looked nice with the Sharks at Carilla on the front, but after Christmas, we just went mental with sponsors, and not just little sponsors, but well-known household sponsors, a, a big corporate on the front, a nice little Mexican restaurant on the back. And we've actually got Australia's second largest insolvency um, and liquidation company join as our uh, sponsorship um, sponsor, if you will. So it's not too bad. It's very, very unshark like is an understatement, mate. We're usually the yeah. ones that are fending off laughs from those on Twitter who look down upon us because we can't have an off-season that goes well. I, mate, I'm expecting it all to go wrong in round one. That's just the shark in me. Yeah. Um, there hasn't been many negative headlines um, around the Sharks either. We haven't had any players in trouble. Usually, you know, there'll be one or two players who have done something on the piss or done something silly. We sent away three guys to representative um, in the Indigenous All-Stars um, and Aboriginal All-Stars, uh, sorry, the Indigenous and Maori All-Stars game, and uh, none of them got injured. So I'm just waiting for something. Mate, when I heard that Seguiara and Corey Norman were in a punch-up in Cronulla, or allegedly or whatever, I can't remember where we landed, immediately you think, well, Moylan's got to be involved. Any other year other than this year, I bet you'd run into a brick. He is involved and he's the instigator. This year, he's home, he's got his feet up, he's doing his rehab. Unshark-like. Yeah, and the, the strange thing was that Moylan was with them that weekend. Um, up until 7 o'clock all over the Instagram. And then a uh, good friend of the show, Paul, actually mentioned that around about 8 o'clock when they were getting ready to go out, Moylan was nowhere to be seen. So, you know, I, I guess that is, that's that's the, the definition of a guy who is playing for his career and the definition of a guy who's pissing his career away. But that's exactly it. And just, just in terms of the positivity, you usually get the injury setbacks, whereas Royce Hunt looks like he might be back as early as round 2 or 3. And Talakai was like, he may miss a month. He'll probably only miss a week now. So the positives continue. I'm just going to enjoy it this year rather than looking for the negative um, because it, yeah. it doesn't happen often. 
Yeah, and then just some, some other things as well that I've really, really liked in the preseason is that we've documented nearly everything we've, do- we've, we've done. Uh, John Morris provided an in-depth, um, you know, rehash of what was what the Central Coast trip was uh, was about. Um, there was the 5 a.m. training session that everyone went mad for because, you know, a couple of players got stitched up and then they decided they loved the, the early morning training session on Friday, that they've kept it now and it's become part of their routine. Um, and it just seems like the players' bond with each other has, has gotten so good. Um, and, geez, they, they look fit and ready to go. They do look fit. You got you, and also just touching back on that, you got Dino videoing his speech yeah. now for the people. Mate, communication and Cronulla don't go in the same sort of sentence yeah. for a long, long time. So that's positive. You're right; they look fit. The boys all look like they've dropped weight. Even the big forwards that were relying on the muscle and the girth look like they've all brought their weights back to go with the new rules. Looks like a positive off season. And whereas a lot of us, myself included, were sort of going to this year thinking, oh, geez, what's, you know, this maybe not the best year. Starting to look up. i got to say, the positivity is on the horizon. I, I think it, this preseason has been a testament to our shortcomings last year, and that is with the speed of the game, we weren't fit enough. Absolutely. And we've overhauled our strength and conditioning. We overhauled. Um, everything about the back staff. Um, John Morris seems to be the last man standing as to all the coaching and, and people that were around him. I am the guy who bashes the um, the uh, the esky. He's still there as well. Other than that, everyone seems to have gone and we've got a whole new lease on life. But um, talk to me on what you, your thoughts on the significance of having two people around involved in the club at training every day in Paul Gallon and Luke Lewis. Well, if you're going to pick two players, they're the two. Luke Lewis is the ultimate professional. I, I'm sure someone will tweet me later when I we release this, but I can't remember him being in any trouble other than I think he had one late-night drinking thing in England, but it might have been Rooney now that I think of it. It was one of the Penrith boys. He's the sort of player you need around. And Paul Gallen, you know, for all his misgivings, perhaps we could say, it's Paul Gallen. He's one of the best players we've ever produced he walks into a room, you notice who it is. He's just, I think, bringing them back with master strokes. Um, you always want big names, big personalities around you. You want success around you. And I mean, Luke Lewis and Paul Gallen are arguably the two most successful sharks, certainly in my generation. So I am all over both. The only one that would make that even better and get that perfect trifecta would be to see Mick Ennis back at Shark Park. Absolutely. I don't think he's given up his cushy gig on Fox, so and he's killing it. Whereas a lot of the footballers of <laughs> Gaznia are just hopeless. He just he's fantastic. Yeah, he's also a coaching advisor to the Raiders as well, which makes me hate him a little bit, but I can't I can't I, I just can't hate that man now. Certainly does, but the whole Viking clap thing just whatever. Whatever he does now doesn't matter. Um so let's talk about some of the or the bigger news that, that broke, and that was our private approach to Craig Bellamy. Um, your thoughts? Well, I was caught completely off guard. I know I said on the show, but I was down Shark Park watching the, the gridiron. My phone blew up. I'm like, oh, what the hell's going on here? Get back, and it's just Craig Bellamy's link with the Sharks. And I was like, oh, this is, this is one of those things that Clarkie posts in his stupid little watermark and rips off, and then it takes over, and then the club come out the next day and go, that's dumb, like what the hell? Then the club said, yes, we've approached him, we won't be talking anymore. Just to be linked for that amount of time, Craig Bellamy's fantastic. Doesn't look like we're going to get him, looks like he might go to Brisbane or stay with Melbourne, but it shows the ambition of the club that they can go to arguably the best coach of all time, I think he's pushing Bennett, and say, hey, want this role down here? It was fantastic. Whether or not it happens, who knows? But brewing events. I, I just, I think it's really funny that we kept it under wraps for six months. No one knew anything about it. It was six or seven months, and all of a sudden, everyone now knows that Bellamy's going to reject us, and he's going to make a decision where no one knew what he was doing. No one knew about the talks, and no one knows about the change in the talks that we've had with Bellamy because his circumstances have changed. So our circumstances around him would have changed, and you can't. You can't just think that for seven months we kept it under lock and key that we would just give up 
without a fight. And I think that if he didn't have so much of a decision on his hand, that he would have made it by now because that's the person that Craig is. But I think we're in this fight up to our teeth. And I think a lot of people are riding us off just because it's two powerhouses and what could be seen as a, uh, a really an NRL pauper having a go for one of the most influential player, uh, people in, in rugby league in, in the entirety of the game. But just to get him, you know, think think longer picture. Even if we got him for four years and then he retires and he never has anything to do with rugby league again, that four years just changes the club. Certainly does. The players he'll bring, the advice he'll give to John Morris or whoever's the coach, I think his appointment would mean Morris is our long-term option because you're not going to waste a year of Bellamy. You're going to get and say, this is our bloke, impart all your wisdom on him. Give him four years, and then, you know, he's not going to be Craig Bellamy. That that would be ridiculous to suggest. But having Craig Bellamy there, making the final decision on on things and passing his wisdom on, is just, there's nothing negative about it. Some blokes on that stupid Facebook thing that I have to delete tried to make it negative that we should stick by Morris. It just, if, if there's any chance we can get Craig Bellamy, you take it, because the way he turns... Pretty decent players into origin certainties is just ridiculous. And we need some of that magic at the Sharks. Yeah, and that, that stoush that, you know, I'm keeping I'm keeping an eye on that stoush that's happening between the Broncos and the Storm at the moment. And I'm just kind of hoping that Craig's looking at that going, I don't need any of that right now. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. And I, I also kind of hope that he looks at Cronulla at a challenge like he looked at Melbourne because you know you take the 1999 premiership away from Melbourne and in 2003 they hadn't really been there they had never been back to a prelim um the club didn't really have an identity they lost um uh Brett Morley who was their premiership winning halfback they went for Scott Prince but he went to the Broncos um they got Matt Orford and he didn't really want to stick around all that long because he was a manly boy and a Central Coast boy at heart. Um, but yeah, he he just took that club and and took it to the next level. And you just got to think that a club like Cronulla now who seems to have themselves switched on and have somehow got themselves in a decent market position with potential sponsors... And Bellamy's next position that he's talking about isn't just player development. He's talking he wants to be involved in corporate. He wants to be involved in recruitment. He wants to be involved in talent scouting. That's everything that we need. Like, the Broncos don't need that. Yeah. We need that. You're exactly right. And if he, we are in a position to say, hey, this is your role. You define it. Put your, people put what you want on this blank check and take it. Like, I just... I mean, there's nothing negative about Bellamy in any way, shape, or form, unless he ends up at the Broncos. Because if the Broncos turn to shit and the next four years aren't good, that's going to impact his legacy. And he comes across as a sort of bloke who sees that as important, whereas the Sharks have just... Like, we're still not mega rich. We've just turned a huge windfall. You're right about the sponsors. Look at our playing roster. There's, like... I mean, Sean Johnson is a megastar. There's no bigger star outside of two of us in New Zealand. Like, these are things that you can... Put on a letterhead and send to a bloke like Bellamy and say, we got the brightest future. Like, all our junior teams are kicking ass at the moment. We're churning out first graders like you wouldn't believe. Like, no one else does at the moment. There's a lot there to love. And to bring him in and say, hey, this next four years can be pretty successful. Put your name to it. Here's your role. Here's your money. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, I just, you know, as we said, his circumstances change. And there's no reason that he couldn't even do three days a week in Brisbane and, you know, two days a week in Cronulla because we have so much technology these days that he can literally be linked up to a boardroom sitting in Brisbane, giving advice, talking to people. He can be on the phone to corporate people. He can be on the phone to all the junior clubs and all the clubs around going, who's your biggest and brightest, you know, player and how can we get some footage of him? And these are all the things that we need to be selling to him right now as, I know that his family's in Brisbane, but you can live in Brisbane and still work for the Sharks, Greg. Absolutely. Plus, there's a fair few empty units down there that could just house, say, a multi-premiership winning coach. I don't yeah. know. Just saying. 
Um, let's uh, look. It's it's a pipe dream, and you know, dream on. That's the, you know that that that's what the world is. If if you don't capitalise on your dreams, someone else will take them. So let's just dream of a Craig Bellamy led Cronulla Sharks. What was the 2016 slogan? Why not us? Yeah, exactly. Um, let's talk about some injuries before we talk about some trials. Um, the long-term injuries we know, Royce Hunt uh, could be anywhere between round two and round six. Sean Johnson, anywhere between round six and round ten. They have not given us a timeline on Jackson Ferris, which is really annoying. Uh, Sifa Talakai is anywhere between round two and round six. Uh, Toby Rudolph and Aiden Tolman should be right for round one. Um, nothing out of the ordinary there. And the best part about this is Matt Moylan has got through a preseason unscathed. That's it. Johnson's the only one there that will have a huge bearing, with all due respect, to the other players, and I especially love Royce. Oh, uh, I, I, I think we kind of underestimate the significance of the impact that Sifa Talakai made on that team. That's true. I love me some Talakai, but I can make a four-man forward bench without Talakai and be confident, mm-hmm. whereas I can't name a five-eight. As much as I love Matt Moylan, hail the great man, uh, if you pick and Sean Johnson every single week. Yeah, or you're picking Sean Johnson at halfback. Well, yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that too, but yes, <laughs> yes you do. Yeah, nothing out of the, you know, it, it's really good as well that we, we had two, I'm going to say we had two very, very physical trials against two very different teams and we didn't come away with a bad injury. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Huge positive. We came away with a injury to someone that we will talk about. Uh, I've got it on here, but yeah, let's talk about the first trial. Uh, the Cronulla Sharks 36 defeated the Dragons 28. Um, it was a game where you had to have played less than 12 games in 2020, and I'm all around that trial format. Like, sign me up for one of those every year. Yeah, that was clever. I liked that that in. I I, I can't believe we hadn't thought of that before. Or at least name the yeah. side under those circumstances. Because I enjoyed it. I had, I mainly watched the second half, so I was on the train and the um, Vodafone sucks. Um, we're looking for sponsors, by the way, Vodafone. Give us a call. Um, yeah, I, I, mate, I enjoyed it. It was good seeing some young kids, some players that I'd heard of but I couldn't pick out of a lineup, like that English yep. forward that came from Wigan. It was good to see him yeah, go. Gabe, Gabe Hamlin, yeah. That's it. And, and players of the like, so oh, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it was the, there were a couple of guys that, I mean, obviously no one knew that Gabe Hamlin had signed with Newtown until someone pointed it out 10 minutes before the trial kicked off. And, we you know, we were all in the DMs going, what was this guy? He, he was really good. He uh, he was with Penrith and Souths, and he took the big money to go over to Wigan. And his first stint with Wigan was really good. Um, he was part of a premiership winning team, and then they were sending him on loan and obviously he got done for Coke and two years out of the game. He's come back. He looks really aggressive. He should win a contract with us. The NRL have changed the rules that says if they play New South Wales Cup, they can play first grade. However, it has to be for your club. So because he plays for Newtown, he can't play for Cronulla, um, which sucks because Cronulla don't actually have a reserve grade team. No, um, it doesn't. There are ways around that. The it's funny because the, the a lot way, of the, the teams the ways around it is to sign him on a development contract or sign him to a, a final thirty. That's it. But I was reading, I was reading into it and talking to someone today, and the fact that Newtown are Newtown and we are Cronulla, he can't play first grade for us. Not under the current, because I know Seguiara signed yeah. for Newtown and then had to come across to Cronulla. I think it was on a one dollar deal while they worked it out from memory. There's ways around. Yeah, it. but there's. There, 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 there's a new rule that's been brought out now that if people that are on trial and train in New South Wales Cup, if they're if the team that they're playing for has a reserve grade and a first grade team that have the exact same name, so the Newcastle Knights New South Wales Cup team and the Newcastle Knights first grade team, if there's a guy just on a New South Wales Cup deal, he can play first grade now on match payments. They change those rules. Um, but your development player still can't play until June 30. However, Gabe Hamlin can't come and play for Cronulla because he has a Newtown contract and not a Cronulla contract. So what you're saying, Terry, is they're penalising us for being amazing and aligning with the Jets and successful. Yes. Fucking Peter Valandis, exactly mate. Bring back Peter oh, Birdie. I don't, I, don't, 
I don't think it'll be from from internal discussions and, and you know chats with people who are in and around the club. I don't think it'll be too long until Gabe Hamlin gets some kind of Cronulla contract. Uh, he was really good in that. He he turned the game when he came on in the second half. He should have scored a try, but he passed it on the inside to Trindle, and he was just really aggressive. But the player, the the pick of the player for mine who really stood up um, was Tom Hazelton. I missed a lot of what he did, to be totally honest. I thought you were going to say Luke Metcalf, so... No, we, we've all kind of known that, that Metcalf was going to be a, a junior star. Um, and he went to Manly because, you know, Manly saw him as a star. But, yeah, Tom Hazelton's sort of been floating around the juniors. I think he won uh, either won an SG ball or a, a Jersey flag player of the year for us, but... You haven't really heard anything like it. these. The the, the journals are pretty good to pick a young player. Like last year, all the talk for Cronulla was the the junior player to watch coming through the ranks was Teague Wilton, and Teague got into the first grade team. Um, Hazelton has really held his own in two trials. Hey, look, there's a lot of young players here. It's, I mean, a lot of players that didn't make a great impact, as we'll talk about in a second, but a lot of young players yeah. certainly did. There was um, a few players that, look, I, I honestly had never heard of before that I was like, geez, he's got a bit of skill. It was a real shame to yeah. see what happened to Jack Williams too because I thought he was having a good game. And that sort of injury was horror. Yeah, he was having a good game. Obviously, Luke Metcalf was a standout. There were there were other players that I was really interested in watching. Like, obviously, I've um, developed a minor man crush on Kale Iro. He just reminds me so much of Valentine Holmes, the way he looks, the way he moves, his pace. He's finishing, but it was really good to see Cole Patterson play because you know he got he literally got zero games last year, um, and it's nice to know that we do have a legitimate backup number nine now in the top thirty. So that was nice to see. It was just good to see Trindle play again. I you know he's just a really really skillful player, and then just to see the players who really what it means to them to step up into the next game. But then we saw some disappointing performances from, from some players as well. So We certainly did. There was a youngster that I hadn't heard of. Uh, Nene McDonald, his name is. Evidently, he's played a couple <laughs> of games. Um, had one of the yeah. most up-and-down first halves you'll ever see. Yeah. yeah that's, that, yeah, was quite, look, that was quite fun. I, I, think, I, think, I think Nene McDonald was a signing out of necessity and I was really excited when we got him, but he just doesn't look like he could give a fuck about his career anymore. No, pretty much. I think he'll park him on the wing at Newtown. I think he'll score plenty of tries at Henson. But yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm pretty pretty happy to, to put a few other players in front of him. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Like, you know, you are going to get injuries during the year and to see if he's the first cab off the rank for the wing position or we're going to turn around and go, you know what, we are just going to give it to someone like Jensen and hope that he just becomes a full-on beast as we think he's going to be. I, I personally think that any injury this year to a winger or centre, um, it should be Ferris or Jensen who, who gets given the gig because I have not been impressed by Nana McDonald and I'm not impressed with Mawini Hirodi either. No, me neither. I think, oh, I mean, I'm a huge Jackson Ferris fan, so I don't think it's real fair of me to say but he is the next player in line for any anywhere two to five. Yeah, the, the, the most disappointing part for that is that Ferris does have the um, the development contract and not the first grade contract. So my ideal domino scenario is we finally figure out what the fuck is happening with Bronson Zeri and he goes, Ferris takes his spot and then we promote someone like Gabe Hamlin or Luke Metcalf into the final roster spots. I think we're about two roster spots short, and then if if, um, if uh, old mate Zeri does go, we might have three to fill. So, you know, we could we could get some Ferris, Metcalf, and Hamlin and, and be, you know, completely happy. That'd be good. On the plus side, though, if Bronson manages to get his man down to two years, mm-hmm. then we got a strike centre to replace Josh Dugan next year. Just saying. Yeah, he wouldn't be able to play next year, though. Wouldn't he? Because he's already served a year, and this would be the second of a two-year ban. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. I was just thinking the uh, other day. I'm like, oh, it's getting yeah. close. If he dobs people, it in. is. Yeah, and and you, you've got it. Yeah, you're actually right. You've got to think that it's um it's been over a year now. Yeah. Well, no, he he was stood down in March. Yeah, wasn't he? So we're in, in March. Break. So it's it's about a year. 
He failed his first test in October 2019, or took the test in 2019, but the results didn't get released until March 2020, which was really crazy. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, one, when his suspension actually starts from, and two, how long he does get. He has put it up on Instagram that the next chapter of his life is starting, and he's, he's doing a lot of boxing, and he's scarily quick. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how long he does get, and that's a, that's one to watch for. But let's not talk about uh, Bronson at the moment. Move on to the next game. We got some... Uh, we got to see some first graders. Uh, inevitably, uh, inevitably, we lost the game 16-12 to the Dogs. But first half, we didn't look troubled, and our first graders looked comfortable with what the Bulldogs handed it, oh, threw at us. Absolutely. Well, it was 12-0 at halftime, and yeah. a couple of minutes after. It should have been 24-0. It should have been. We bombed so many tries, and we made so many silly errors, which is just part and parcel of being a Sharks fan these days. But the what excited me most was the left-hand combination with Matt Moyle and, and Will Kennedy. I think we learned yep. one thing over the weekend, and that's that Kennedy's going to start number one in round one. Um, mm-hmm. Jumping forward to the second half, Connor Tracy completely blew any opportunity he had at starting at one. I think Metcalf's now second in line. Um, mm-hmm. But Kennedy was arguably probably top three or four players in the first half. And his yep. combination with Matt Moylan was pretty incredible, whereas the right-hand side looked a little clunky, to be honest. Yeah, before, before we do anything, I just want to point this out here in my book. I've got Moylan Kennedy. Oh, see, genius. <laughs> Great minds think yeah. alike, mate. That, that, that left-hand side was lethal. And it, it was just funny to see that it, it literally went Townsend with a decoy to Moylan out the back with a decoy to Kennedy out the back who cut out Dugan to put Mulatalo <laughs> over twice. <laughs> that's, hey, that's just good football. If Dugan's going to attract defenders and let Ronaldo score untouched, I'm all for it. Like he had more, he had more aggression you know, to his running, um, and he got involved a lot. He was, he was sniffing around, and he popped up both sides of the field, which was really good. But you're right, the right-hand side did look clunky, and... A lot of that, to, for mine, goes down to how limited Britain Nakora has become. Absolutely. You take Sean Johnson out, and Nakora is a bona fide reserve grader. Yeah, and it, it, the only thing that really he can do is hit a line. Yep. You know, that, that that's pretty much what he can do. Whereas, you have a look at someone like Talakai, who... He's not a ball player. He's not. He's not like a Wade Graham, but he has the ability to just get the ball, beat his man. And a couple of times last year, he actually did ball play. He was throwing final passes, or he was putting Rami in away, or you know he made a line break through a dummy and scored a try himself. So I just think he offers a bit more, and I think that right hand side. I mean, if Britain, I'm going to be very surprised. A he literally, he hasn't impressed me in the the rep game and he didn't impress me in the trial game and his 2020 form stunk. Certainly did. I Look, I, I would be leaning elsewhere. I'm I'm not the biggest Nakora fan. I was early on, but I, I think he's regressed a hell of a lot. We yep. have to get the best out of Jesse Ramian if we want any hope of playing finals football. If I, think the best goes, person, I think the best person to do that on that right edge, if we don't have Talakai, is Teague Wilton. Yeah, just get the ball to, to Ramian. We saw the few times we did it last year, like against Cowboys, he got a heap of early ball and he tore him up. Best player on the field by an absolute mile. He's our strike centre, with all due respect to Dugan, who we both love. But Jesse Ramian's the bloke that we got to get across the try line and into space. If it... Yep. It means moving into the left or it means shifting up the right, do it. Get him involved and reap the benefits. Yeah, and this is where I don't like the somewhat of the structure that we that we play left hand, right hand halves, because last year you had Sean Johnson trying to get Jesse Ramian involved, and this year if we just limit Matt Moylan to the left hand side, Ramian's gonna isn't a very good distributor of the football. Um, which is why I kind of hope that someone like Will Kennedy takes a little bit more responsibility. Will, you're right, Kennedy's got to be our fullback for round one because he was the best in the trial. Um, it was a shame Metcalf didn't actually get a run in the in the second trial to see what he could have done. Um, but we do need Moylan to 
get. Yeah, I mean, the game that, that Moylan got those five try assists against Newcastle in 2008 or six try assists, they would have ran him because he was popping up both sides of the field. Last year, Moylan ran across the field put Ramian through the hole against Manly. He needs to get that combination sparked with Jesse. Um, but I, I just think that Britton Nakora is not the player to have next to Jesse Ramian. It just limits him too much. Absolutely. you got to use your weapons. All the good all the good clubs work out how to use their weapons. Ramian is our weapon. we got to use him. I think Kennedy's been driven on by the criticism of last year too. He probably listens to our yeah. podcast and thinks I'm going to show these two idiots. But the fact that last year we didn't have a number one. Moylan was out. It was Kennedy or bust. This year we've yeah. got Connor Tracy's evidently spent all or most of preseason training there. You got Metcalf, who's probably a specialist number one now. I know he played six in the, the 20s, but he's got fullback written all over him. Then you've got the young kids that can play fullback. Plus, Katoa has played plenty there for Newtown. So I think Kennedy's thought, well, this is my year. You know, if he has a big year this year, he could really lock down the spot long term. Or if he's no good in the first three or four rounds, we got a heap of money, we go out and sign a specialist number one. It's all up to him, really. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it really is up to Will Kennedy. And then uh, I'm glad you said that the young kids, because there's Jensen, there's Kyle Iroh. We've suggested Jackson Ferris could easily do it if he can catch a ball. Ronaldo Mulatalo was a fullback. Um, you've got Dugan who can go there. I would hate to put Matt Moylan back there, like absolutely hate it, and I fear that that's what's going to happen when Sean Johnson comes back. Um, but the position is Will Kennedy's to lose, mm-hmm. and you kind of hope that Will Kennedy, in the first 10 weeks without Sean Johnson, makes the most of it, and Matt Moylan makes the most of 5'8", and the person that we're talking about putting the pressure on is our halfback rather than are we going to try and test Moylan's hamstrings at fullback? Absolutely. In a, in a perfect world, yeah. Moylan's leading the Daly M count at round 10, and we got the hardest mm. combination we've been looking for for two years. Yeah. Um, there was an injury concern in that game. Josh Dugan with an ankle injury. He's a, a, supposed to be right for round one, though. Um, but I will say the alarming thing for Josh Dugan is the pace of the game looks like it's left him behind. Look, it does. I wasn't as critical as you were in the in that game, but I wasn't far off. I felt like Moylan and Kennedy had the ball in a string, and it felt like... I just feel like Ronaldo is going to have a massive year. Like, the guy yeah. is just passion personified. He's grown into that huge body. His, there's nothing he can't do. He's a freakish player, and he's going to score 20 tries either this year or next. I feel like Dugan is not, not weighing them down, but I would prefer a younger, more elusive centre... Look, Dugan's going to do a job. He's not going to miss many tackles. He's he's not going to be the sort of bloke who has, you know, an absolute shocker. But I, I just don't know if he's got that in him anymore to go boom like Jesse Moy- Ramian can. Look, Moylan, Moylan drifted across field and put Dugan through a hole. And Dugan ran about 10 metres before they caught him and bundled him into touch. On the flip side, if that ball goes to Jackson Ferris, Ferris is in untouched. What's well, it? We've seen what Ferris can do. Um, look, yeah. this is this. It's just it's it, it, it's not the talent with Dugan. The footballing ability is there, but he's now thirty-one years old. He's got a lot of leg injuries, and 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 they haven't been long-term injuries. But for someone who has taken a lot of ankle and knee knocks in your life, it does slow you down. And the way the, how quick the game is being played now. Yeah, it, it, the game's gone past Dugan. We need that Jackson Ferris player. We we need we either need Ferris or you need or, or Jensen there. That's it. Now you and I are two of the biggest Dugan defenders on the internet. I think yeah. that's fair to say. He's already had two serious injury concerns, and we haven't hit round one yet. It's again. I'm not. I'm not going to bag the blokes. I love him, and he's done some ridiculously good things for us. But again, it's about winning games, and I think you know. I, just, I don't. I don't want to say it's time for him to move on because I love him so much. But I'd be. I'd be looking. I'd be looking. It is the final year of his contract, and I'd be surprised if he was given a long-term deal at Cronulla. I could probably see him signing a one-year deal, and you know, on on shorter money. But I think if Dugan wants to prolong his career, um, England's nice. It certainly is. And this is going to sound dumb, and I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but Dugan's the sort of player you want around the younger players, given that what he yeah. was to what he's now, become now, yeah. is worlds apart. And I think 
Dugan's an, an actual role model now, whereas he, he wasn't when he was younger. Yeah, look, he, if he still wants to stay in Australia and his heart is set on playing for Cronulla, you have that serious conversation with him when you've gone out and signed two or three players on, you know, to revamp the squad and you say, look, we've got these young guys coming through. We've signed a couple of really, really good players. There's a one-year deal for you. It's the Bryson Goodwin contract. You're the 18th man. You'll travel with the team. You'll be around there. You're not going to play. We probably won't stick you in New South Wales Cup either because we're going to need you for the warm-ups. The chances of you playing more than 10 games aren't going to be there. Take it or leave it. If he says no, good luck. Try and get a gig somewhere else in Australia or England's beautiful. That's it. Win-win. Two players for you to watch that um, people might not know about. Well, Jackson Ferris is my number one. I think they know about him now based on what we've said, but you and I have been talking up Ferris for a long, long time, and when he debuted last year, those that didn't see him score those two tries for Newtown, they know about him now. Um, And Metcalf's the second one. I saw someone earlier in the week, I meant to screen cap for this exact conversation, say, Cronulla have stolen a Manly Junior in Luke Metcalf. So I just, I just threw my hands up and just walked away, ignored it, but I should I should have made a thing of it. He was, is, it was it Facebook or Twitter? Uh, Twitter. So I, I feel like it was a joke. Search it. I'll, I'll try and find it. So I'm like, I'm going in hard. I was really pissed off when he signed away. You know, you can't yep. keep them all, and we chose Flanagan, you know, which was probably the right choice. But now, Metcalf at fullback for Newtown is going to score some freakish tries and do some freakish things. And I think he'll play a bit of first grade this year. I can't remember if we were talking to Mario or the other Manly fan that's tolerable on Twitter, that Seagull Spur. But, you know, we were talking about how Metcalf just wasn't given a fair run at Manly. And the story I got told was we signed Jesse Ramian and his brother from Manly mid-season in 2017, 2016-2017, and Manly got back at us by taking Luke Metcalf, and then when he got there, they were like, well, you know what, we didn't really want you, we just didn't want Cronulla to have you. So. Oh, my God. Mate, can I, name, yeah. can I name a third player? I feel like I'm missing the obvious no, I, I will allow you to name a third player, because I probably need to name a third player as well. Franklin Pelé absolutely bodied some fully grown men on the weekend. I'm not going to allow you to name Franklin Pelé because I have a question about him after this. Cool, I take it away then. Metcalf <laughs> and Ferris for me. Yeah, so I've got Kale Iro. Um, now he was really good at New Zealand. Um, big, promising junior. Played in all the junior New Zealand teams. He was one of the youngest capped um, New Zealand schoolboys. And it's funny because we've now got him in our books and I'll claim it even though he wasn't with us. And we've also got the youngest ever capped Australian schoolboy um, that came through the Sharks as well, but I can't remember his name. He was a little indigenous 5'8". Um, he was really good, but never made it. And the other player that I will say is one to watch will be Gabe Hamlin. And the third player for mine is Tom Hazelton after his trials. That's a fair call. Hey, while well, well, I've got you too, remember that young kid uh-huh. that we signed from rugby that was supposed to be the next great superstar? Yeah, um, yeah, Bennett. Yeah, what happened to him? <laughs> he played Jersey Flag on the weekend. Oh, there you go. So yeah, it was him and yeah. um, Young Rogers were supposed to be the next two superstars. Uh, there was there was a there was a long gap between um, uh, Jack Rogers and Yelanga Bennett, but um, no, he's um, he's still there. He's still in the books. I'm pretty sure we signed him for three years. Um, the issues with him are he hasn't grown tall and he's struggling to fill out. But he was the fullback, or yeah, he was he was the fullback for the Jersey Flag team on the weekend. Fantastic! There you go, one to watch. There's a fourth player for you. Yeah. Um, and just 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 quickly, the Jersey Flag team beat uh, the Bulldogs twenty eight points to fourteen. Franklin Pelé scored two tries. There's another prop in that team called Thomas Giles, who I bang on about every now and then. Uh, he scored two tries, and one of our wingers picked the ball up uh, on the in goal on the left-hand side of the field, ran all the way across the in goal area because he didn't want to get caught, ran the length of the field, only to dive out, like put his foot on the line as he dove out, and so the try wasn't given. And then, you know, everyone was like, oh, man, he's just run like 130 metres and didn't score a try. Off the scrum, the Bulldogs dropped the ball and he picked the ball up and scored. <laughs> there you go. Natural <laughs> justice. 
What's your, what's your question uh, regarding Pele, mate? What are your thoughts on him? Do, do you think that he has a future in first grade? Yes, not yet. He is a monster yeah. of a human being, but he's, what, 18 or just 19? Yeah. No, no, he's, he's, he's in his 20s. He is? I thought he played flag on yeah, the weekend. He's, yeah, Jersey flag's under 22s. Well, there you go. That. I, I would leave him in flag. Or if you're going to play yeah. him, put him on the bench for Newtown and ease him in because he looks like he's freaky strong. And like I said, he bodied some much bigger and more experienced players on the weekend. But the kids, he's never played first grade. He barely touched a ball last year. You can't expect him to be the next Glenn Lazarus in a week. Yeah, my thoughts on Franklin Pele are, you know, 2016 to 2018, he would have been perfect in our team. Now, as the game has gone quicker, his lateral movement is an area of concern, and that's always going to be an area of concern when you're 130 kilos. Um, He's not allowed to do weights anymore, fair enough. Um, He is a big, strong human being. If he can get his fitness up and his lateral movement, then he's going to be an asset. I am of the opinion that Jersey Flegg will serve him no purpose this year. Um, Because Jersey Flegg you'll be playing against people anywhere between 18 and 22 years old. And if there's a prop that comes up from SG Ball that has to line up and stand in front of Frank Lopelli, what's that going to achieve apart from a murder? That's true. Um, I'm of the belief that he should be with the Jets and they should be building him up, starting him 40 minutes flat, and by the end of the season, see if he can get anywhere between 55 and 60 minutes out. He will get a game for the Sharks this year because our forward pack, you know, has got injury problems. Um, and I dare say that, you know, now that we've got someone like him knocking on the door, um, there might be a genuine call for him to come up just due to form. Um, if the season gets away from us, then there's also going to be that call to form for him as well. But um, at the moment, I think that, He's probably about two two seasons away. Two two really good pre-seasons and two seasons of uninterrupted football from being a first grader. That's a fair call. He's, he's a season behind because of last year, like a lot of the players yeah. his age are. Uh, apparently he's not. In, in terms of, even though he's so big, he's kept himself really fit. And I don't know if he played in any of that Sydney Shoot Shield kind of stuff, but... From what I've, t- from what someone has told me, is that his fitness levels for someone who didn't play a game of footy last year are still ridiculous, and he's come back fitter. That's good. Like you said, if you can get yeah. another preseason or two under his belt, the problem is you can't have him and Royce Hunt in the same team because they're two alike. But I'd like we to point that. out, we said that last year. I was about to point out last year we had a good laugh when Royce Hunt was named, so we thought it'd either yeah. be murder or he'd get murdered. And he turned out to be a fantastic player. So here we go again. I tell you what, I tell you what. Please, please, football gods, give us a bench this year of Talakai, Hunt, Fafita, and Pele. <laughs> Someone's Someone gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's gonna get killed. Imagine, imagine running that dope for it like Jaden Braley for the Knights. Yeah, you know. Yeah, whoever our lock is, Tobias Rudolph, and then, you, you know, you've got Woods and uh, um, ULA starting, and then, you know, Nakora having a shocker, and you just put those four guys on, and they take your next four hit-ups. <laughs> I think... I, I just... I really want to see a Franklin Pele first grade uh, kick return off the... Like, off the kickoff. Yeah, just running from the back fence... A lot, of, yeah. a lot of problems for us are going to come in a positive way when all our forwards are fit because I've written about yeah. 14 different variations of the pro, the bench we want and put it this way, that Newtown pack is going to monster some people yeah. this year. For mine, the odd man out is Britton Nakora. If you drop him and put Talakai yeah. in, yep, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so he's in... Um, I'm going to stick a year of Toby at lock. Yep. I think I think that you know the by by all reports the off season he's had he's he's brought his fitness up and he you know if he is only a forty to sixty minute player then there's there's no reason that someone else can't go in a lock but he's the one that misses out for me and then um, you've got Tolman Hunt 
uh, Fafida would probably be the three on the bench. And if we go for a fourth forward for mine, it's Teague Wilton. I'm over the Jack Williams experiment. I don't want to see Billy Magoulis in first grade. And I think Britain Nakora doesn't have a spot in the team. And if we go for the utility, then obviously it's going to be a fight between Connor Tracy and Luke Metcalf. You just solved exactly what I would do. Right now, it's no problem. But they seem to love Jack yeah. Williams at the club. And I don't know what it is, but they're still... Like, they played Billy McGoolis like 70 minutes in that trial. Whether that was a, hey, get your, your shit together for Newtown, because you're going to play a big role for the Jets this year. Or whether it's a, hey, get ready to play first grade. Look, oh, I don't I don't, I don't hate the bloke by any stretch. But he's not going to be at the club the end of next year. And Jack Williams I think, isn't the answer. I think the McGoolis at lock was a, hey... Toby's injured, hey, Tolman's injured, and hey, Cam McKinnis tore his ACL, and we weren't able to get him for round one. So it's between you and Jack Williams. We know how limited Jack Williams is. You can go and have a run. I didn't think Magoulis put a foot wrong, but I don't think he put a, a foot right, which you know, which means he played a five and a half, six out of ten in both games. Um, yeah, he, he didn't do anything wrong, but he wasn't outstanding. Um but yeah, for mine, now, the players that I kind of want to build around would be, um, you know, I, I think I think the potential in Teague Wilton far outweighs what we could see in Britain Nakora after his fade away that he's had. Yeah, it's fickle. My final question for you, Dan, before we log off on what has been a fantastic podcast tonight is what does a successful season for the Sharks look like? Make the eight. Players come through. We're not winning the Premiership this year. I don't think I'm setting any alarm bells alight by saying that. Um, I can't see any of our players pushing for Dally M. I can't see any pushing for a top try scorer honour. This year's all about setting up... Apart from Ronaldo. I think I think Ronaldo will be there and thereabouts. I, only because I think um, a couple of the South Wingers are going to score in the mid to high 20s, but we'll talk about that later in the year. We have a lot of players that this year can either say, oh, well, they were a decent player, good feeling, let's sign some players... Or we've got some players that can become genuine building blocks like for the future. Um, Wade Graham has to have a good season. We have to work out how to do how to use Jesse Ramian. And Blake Braley's got to run. If those three if those three players all have great seasons, then next year with unlimited cap space almost and some fucking huge name players off contract, McKinnis coming in, we're set for the future. Yeah, I think a successful season for the Sharks, again, is, is to get into the top eight. I probably wouldn't be disappointed if we came ninth or tenth. I would be very disappointed if we finished twelfth or below. Um, because I think that there's there's far more talent in the side. Um, but it is going to hinge on a couple of different things. And one, the main thing for mine is not... Braley or Woods or Graham doing anything outstanding. The main thing for mine is Matt Moylan getting through 10 weeks before we have Sean Johnson. If Matt Moylan can give us half the creativity um, with a little bit more composure than someone like Sean Johnson, then we should be all right. You know, Johnson will do something really good and then that erratic part of his mind just takes over and he'll throw the ball behind or he'll kick the ball too far or... You know, so a lot of the times he does pull off the right play, but someone like Moylan, who's just got that more composure because he seems to play with more time, um, I think he's the key to a good season for us. Uh, a successful season for mine would see us into the finals and hopefully get to, to week two. That'd be nice. Um, you live, you're dreaming. Week one. What's that? I said you're dreaming, mate. We don't do that anymore. Nah. I mean, since we won the premiership, we've exited week one, prelim, week one, week one. I mean, that's not uh, terrible. Other teams would kill for that kind of consistency. Yeah, uh, uh, other teams would kill for our streak of finals as well. Um, but I think, um, yeah, for us, it's it's going to depend on how healthy we can stay, how fit we have got, how fit we can keep Matt Moylan. And what's going to happen when Sean Johnson comes back? And I just pray that Will Kennedy is proving to be the player that his potential shows. And Moylan is carving up at five eight, 
and we have no option but to put our marquee player in his more comfortable position. That's it. Just just off the field, Terry. I mm-hmm. there's two things that I I would consider a success. We use the cap better. We bring it mm-hmm. more more um sort of level it out a bit and don't rely on four yep. or five injury prone players. And most importantly at all, off the field, I hope Cronulla beer becomes the number one selling beer of all time. So Chad Townsend decides I'm not going to take up the player option. And I'm going to retire. That, to me, would be yeah. successful, even if we didn't win a game between now and September. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thing for mine is I wanted to become really successful, but I refused to taste it because I don't want to give him any money. <laughs> like, even even when I went out for dinner with uh, with Belle the other night, she's like, why don't you try one of those Cronulla beers? And I was like, even if you pay for it, we've given him too much cash. <laughs> we can't, can't do it. No, look, no, I um, no, I wish no. him all the best off the field, mate. I just don't want him to be my halfback anymore. And with the amount no, of ridiculous over. talent, like one Adam Reynolds is off contract, and South don't look in a ru- like rush to sign him. I'd be I'd be into his house like naked in his bed with a contract, saying I'll leave if you sign it. Like just do anything mm. to get that guy as a halfback. So I don't think we should rush any of our salary cap decisions. And I love that we're taking our time on Sean Johnson. Because I, I can't see anyone else coming in with the money we, we can pay him sort of thing. So, a lot you know, there's a lot that could go right this year for Cronulla, but um, I'd be very disappointed if we aren't undefeated Premiers next year. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm you know, we're, we're getting back into the swing of things where we are going to do our video, uh, our, our podcast every week and our podcast every week as well. Um, next week when we, you know, talk about the team list and we'll talk about the other team as well, um, I'm going to bring five players to the table that Cronulla could potentially sign and I want to hear your thoughts on them. Absolutely, mate. No, I don't want to know who they are. And then we're going to have five players to uh, re-sign as well and tell me what your thoughts are as well. Beautiful, mate. I'll I'll live for this. Anyone who's listening hasn't checked out the video yet, Rugby League Outlaws on YouTube. It's incredible. I promise. We're funny. We're funny. We're funny. It's funny. It's it's you know the the behind the scenes stuff's funnier than the actual on camera. So you'll be seeing more of that too. We just gotta you know keep the swears down that pants on. But I'm feeling good. Uh, also, don't forget to join our tipping comp. Don't forget to uh, if you, if we've got any spots left, get on Super Coach Dan. We'll keep smashing those codes out this week. Uh, like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us at League Outlaws Puncture Media. LeagueUnlimited.com. ZeroTackle.com. Um, anything else that we've got that's a nice little plug there Dan I have to go Um, but I'll see you next week how about Moylan